What's up, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Christian Chick. It is your girl, Amanda. I am back with another episode. It's another week. We thank God. We are in March. Can y'all believe? Nah, like, can y'all actually believe that we're in March? I felt like January took a really long time. But am I the only one that feels like I blinked and February was over? Like, I can't even remember what I've done in February. It went by so fast. Um, like, yeah, like this, I, listen, I hope y'all goals. I hope you're working on your goals. Cause before you know it, the summer's going to hit. Then before you know it, it's going to be September, October, November, December. But yeah, so yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, um, it is me. I'm back. I'm here alone. So for all y'all that like to tune into the episodes that only have guests, <laughs> It's me. It's your girl. Don't <laughs> don't close out yet. We have a really excited episode. Yeah, like, you know, once in a while, I do like to just do episodes on my own because, you know, I mean, it's it's my podcast, but like I, I love having guests, especially, you know, all the funny guests that I have and insightful guests. But I really just like to do episodes on my own once in a while, just so, you know, we can get to know each other. Um, with that being said, it is March, like I said, and it is Women's History Month. So I've had this idea to do, and I, I'm actually, I'm going to need y'all help with this. I had this idea to do kind of character studies of some women in the Bible for the month of March. And, you know, women are not really mentioned in the Bible that often, but I feel like the ones that are mentioned have really significant stories and they're really, you know, important. Either they are good examples of what we should be or they're examples of what we shouldn't be. And although they're women, I do believe that everyone can learn and relate to their stories. So what I've done is I've recorded some episodes of some women in the Bible, and today is going to be one of them. But I kind of want to know if you guys are into that, like if you guys actually want that. Because here's the thing, and I'll be honest because, you know, it is confessions. For this season two, there are only six more episodes left. Um, I started out with season one doing 14 episodes and I'm like, hey, you know what? That works. Like, I'll just do that going forward. So there are only going to be six more episodes left. So if I do end up doing that women's study thing, that's going to take up four episodes right there and then. So um, I'm like, uh, I don't know. But I guess after you guys listen to this one, you can let me know like, uh, we're not interested. I mean, I don't know. I'm having a hard time deciding. And normally I'm not indecisive. I'm pretty able to just make a decision, but I just don't know. But anyway, after I've wasted three minutes of your time, uh, <laughs> I actually want to just get into this episode. So like I said, women women are not mentioned that much in the Bible. Um, so for me, it was like, what women do I actually want to highlight? I do think that, like I said, we can learn from all of them. But for me, some of the stories stick out more. Of course, we know we have Mary, the mother of Jesus. Like, you know, she's like the main, you know, when when people think of women in the Bible, you think of like Mary. And then we have like Esther, you know, Esther has a whole chapter. And then, of course, we have our good sister, Ruth. Ruth has um, her own book, too. So, you know, those are like the main three women. But there are a few others. 
right? So today I am doing an episode on a woman named Abigail. And, um, you know, some of you may know her story already. Some of you may not or may not be as familiar with it. So today we're just kind of, we're going to kind of do a deep dive because it is Women's History Month, like I said. And women are dope. You know, obviously, I, <laughs> I mean if you can't tell by now, like, I believe in the strength of women, I believe in the, you know, just the power that women have, I'm all for it, I'm always promoting, like, women empowerment, like, empower yourself, you know what I mean, like, don't wait for anyone to do anything for you, like, empower yourself, so I'm big on that, so having a whole month that's dedicated to all of, just the amazing accomplishments that women have you know, overcome is it's just dope to me. So, so yeah. Anyway, so the story that I am going, so I'm, so this is going to kind of be like a different episode. And so keep in mind, keep in mind, y'all, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a, um, what are some other things? I'm not like any of those. I'm just a girl that's trying to like get into her word, y'all. Like, I really just want to get into the word. Like I like now when I read from the Bible, I'll also like study it. So I'll go to like study notes for like specific verses or specific chapters because um you know, sometimes I I read stuff and I'm like, "Yo, like what does this mean?" But you know, now I'm really just trying to study the word, get to know the word. It's cool to know like popular scriptures, but I really just want to know scriptures that can like speak to my life for any situation I'm going through. So I say all that to say, like, don't be expecting like a sermon because I'm not about to give y'all a sermon. I'm just about to give y'all notes that I've read and that I've gathered from the story. And then hopefully it can be relevant to you and it can, you know, apply to your life. So like I said, so the story is going to take place from... First Samuel chapter 25. And um, so I'm going to just kind of read basically the entire chapter, but I'm going to break it down. So don't worry, don't get bored. It's going to be fun. You need to, you need to read your Bible sometimes y'all. So don't be acting like, oh God, this is boring. But anyway, so before I actually read it, I just want to like set kind of like the picture that's going on right now I want to like set that up in place first before I actually read it just so we can read it in context right and that's just a little tip that I want to give y'all and I'm I'm sorry I keep going off on tangents but it's just me so I feel like I can say whatever I want right whenever you're reading a scripture well this is what has helped me whenever I read a scripture instead of just reading that one scripture go back and read the whole chapter or even like read the chapter before that. So you can really understand what's going on. Like you have to realize that like the Bible, most of the Bible is composed of people writing stories that happened. So you need to read it so it can make sense. Like, you know, people like to quote quote certain scriptures like, oh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. But like no one wants to read like a couple scriptures before that, Paul was saying he's learned to be content with a little or a lot. And that's when he says, I could do all all things through Christ who strengthens me. But no one talks about that part. Like, y'all don't want to learn to be content with doing a little. So yeah, so when I read this chapter, I went and I read the chapter before it just so I could really understand, you know, what was going on. So this chapter is really starting off with David. You know, everybody knows King David. He's one heck of a guy. <laughs> 
if you don't know David, then I would encourage you just to read, just read about him. And I actually want to do a character study on him. So if anyone's interested, like hit me up, we can actually do it together. Cause my guy, David, he's just an interesting, he's just interesting. But anyway, so David was actually on the run from King Saul. King Saul was been trying to kill David like for a long time and just had David out in the wilderness, just running and fearing for his life. And it was kind of crazy. But in the chapter right before chapter 25, they actually made a truce because, um, David basically had an opportunity to kill Saul, but he didn't take that opportunity. So they kind of like had a truce and like whatever they, they made up, they became friends. So that's where this is starting from. The first scripture does mention about Samuel dying, but that has no relevance to what I'm talking about right now. So, so that's that. So let's get into it, right? So it says, then David moved down to the wilderness of Moan. There was a wealthy man from Moan who owned property near the town of Carmel. He had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and it was sheep sharing time. This man's name was Nabal, and his wife, Abigail, was a sensible and beautiful woman. But Nabal and a descendant of, but Nabal, a descendant, well, I can't read. But Nabal, a descendant of Caleb, was crude and mean in all his dealings. All right, so we're going to stop there. One thing I want to know is that um, it's saying that Nabal had like 3,000 sheep and 100 goat, 1,000 goats. You know, back in that time, that's just something to note that this implies that Nabal was kind of like a wealthy person. He was like well off. That's just like something to note. Also, another thing to note is that Nabal's name actually means fool or senseless, which is like crazy because obviously he showed that he is a fool. And it's interesting because like a lot of Bible scholars, they noted if that was actually his name from birth or if he actually, you know, acquired that name based on his actions like later in life. So... It doesn't really mention that, but that's his name now. And then also it mentions that it was sheep sharing time. Um, and basically what sheep sharing is, is just obviously when you're cutting off the fleece of a sheep. And that typically in the Bible at that time typically only happens uh, once a year. So I just think that that's all important things to note because it does play some type of role in this story. All right, so we move. So then basically it goes, when David heard that Nabal was sharing his sheep, he sent 10 of his young men to Carmel with a message for Nabal. Peace and prosperity to you, your family, and everything you own. I am told it is sheep sharing time. While your shepherds stayed here among, amongst us in Carmel, we never harmed them and nothing was ever stolen. Ask your men and they will tell you this is true. So would you be kind to us since we have come at a time of celebration? Please share any provisions you might have on hand with us and with your friend David. David's young men, David's young men gave this message to Nabal in David's name and they waited for a reply. So David is basically telling Nabal like, yo, when we were out here, you know, your shepherds were also out here and we had every opportunity to like harm them, rob them, kill them, but we didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like we looked out for them. We made sure that everything was cool. With that being said, do you think maybe you could, you know, give us any extra thing you have? Maybe you could slide it our way. Maybe you could, you know, look out for us now. So that's what David is basically saying, right? Cool. So then my guy Nabal, 
He goes, who is this fellow David? Nabal sneered to the young man. Who does this son of Jesse think he is? It's like, I, you don't know who David is, but yet you know he's the son of Jesse. Mind you, David is the same person that just killed Goliath that I'm sure most of, most of y'all knew about that, but whatever. Then he goes, there are lots of servants these days who run away from their masters. Should I take my bread and water and my meat that I've slaughtered from my sharers and give it to a band of outlaws <laughs> who come from who knows where? So basically he's saying like, yo, it's mad people that just be out here um, running amok. Like, am I just really going to start feeding everybody? Like, I'm not no charity service. So then David's, so it goes, this is verse 12. It goes, David's young man returned and told him what Nabal had said. Here's where it gets good. David goes, get your swords. <laughs> get your swords was David's reply as he strapped on his own. Like, David is like a sour patch kid. Like, one minute he's sour, then he's sweet, then he's sour. Like, he doesn't waste time. He's ready for whatever. He goes, all right, then it goes, then 400 men started off with David. 400 men. 400 men. Like, this is how irrational David is, that he was about to pull up with 400 men for one person. Then it goes, and 200 remained behind to guard their equipment. So this is where I actually, um, we're going to start breaking it down. And this is where Abby Girl comes into play. And so I'm going to get a little bit more serious. <laughs> no, I'm not, but whatever. So it goes, meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abby Girl and told her, David sent messages from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. So Starting from verse 14, we're going to try, well, I'm going to try and extract extract nine things that we can learn from Abby Girl as a woman. And like I said, you don't just have to be a woman to learn from this situation. You could be just a human being, obviously. But um, being that Abby Girl was a wife, I do think that it is important to know the way she just moved in this whole situation. So the first point is that Abigail is trustworthy, right? If you're going through something in life, it's not everybody that you tell, right? When you're faced with a tough situation, you don't just tell everyone. You typically tend to tell people that you know will either give you good advice or maybe can give you good counsel or just people that you know, like, you know what, I'm going to tell you this and you're not going to tell anyone. So for one of Nabal's servant, mind you, it's Nabal's servant. Back then, men used to have their servants. Women used to have their own servants, like, you know. So Nabal's servant went and told Abigail, like, what happened. So that just goes to show that she has been a trustworthy person to all of these servants because no one would have felt comfortable enough to go and tell her this, right? So I feel like that's the first point that we can take from her. So then it goes on to say, these men have been very good to us and we never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. In fact, day and night, they were like a wall of protection to us and the sheep. Verse 17, you need to know this and figure out what to do, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can ever talk to him. Mm. That's a good point. So it goes on to say, Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wine skins full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, 
nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 fig cakes. Mm, I, we're going to stop there. One thing to also know about Abby Girl is she did not let fear hold her back. Like, she jumped into action right away. She wasn't overthinking, like, hmm, what should I do? Oh, no, I'm so scared. Like, what if I do this? What if it doesn't work? Um, You know how we just begin to, like, think of all the worst scenarios that could ever possibly happen? And it's like, yo, just make a move. You know, sometimes you really just have to make that move. Like she wasted no time because she realized that time was of the essence in this situation. And if David was to pull up at their, you know, home or whatever it was, they would have all been done for. Like, cause (laughs) we know David, he was not bluffing. He was on a mission when he came there. So it goes to show that she doesn't let fear hold her back. Another thing from this specific verse, verse 18, is that she manages her resources well. Like for you to have all this much resource in a time of emergency just goes to show that you manage your resources well. She was able to pull up 200 loaves of bread just off the jump, like no time wasted. You know, uh, all that wine, 100, 200 fig cakes, 100 clusters of raisins, like you know, so when situations arise, it's like, do you have money in the savings? Do you have, you know, something that you could just pull up like, oh, okay, you know what? I got you on this. So it goes to show that she manages her resources well, like I said, and she was just ready for a time of emergency. So that's very important. So I'll keep going. Verse 19 goes and said to her servants, go on ahead. I will follow you shortly. But she didn't tell her husband Nabal what she was doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame her. 20 says, as she was riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming towards her. Another thing that we could take from this verse is she was independent. Like she knows her way around town. She was riding the donkey. You know, go get your license. Stop waiting for people to drive you around. She knew what she was doing. She knew how to get to places. She didn't have to rely on anyone. That's important to know because what if she didn't know how to ride a donkey? It may sound simple, but I feel like riding a donkey back then is equivalent to driving a car. So if she had to wait for her husband to drive her around everywhere, she would have been stuck. Like she wouldn't go anywhere or she would have had to call one of the servants and it would have just been too messy at that point. But anyway, let's continue. So it goes verse 21. David had just been saying, a lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one of... (laughs) Yo, may God strike me and kill me if even one man of his household is still alive tomorrow morning. Like, when I tell you this man, David was not playing games. Like, wow. So now we move on to verse 23. It says, when Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. Yo, when I was reading this, like I've I've read this a couple of times, obviously, but that part always strikes me because um, this is probably like the fourth thing. But the fourth thing that we can take from this is like Abigail knows how to humble herself. And I feel like maybe this is why it sticks out to me the most is because uh, I struggle with this. (laughs) (laughs) confession time I struggle with this just because in this exact situation I would have been like bruh 
this guy, Nabal, I've been trying to get rid of him anyway, David. So go ahead and do your thing, man. Like, but just let me get out of here with my kids or whatever and my servants. <laughs> but she was humble. She saw him and she got off her donkey and bowed low before him. Some other translations pretty much says like she like she basically touched her face. She used her face to touch the ground, which is like, you know, um, bowing down to surrender. So it goes, she fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my Lord. Please listen to what I have to say. (sighs) I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay any attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I had never even saw the young men you sent. So here's something else that we can take. And I'm sorry, I should have been keeping count. I think there's like nine in total that I wrote down. So we're probably up to like number five or six. But it's just basically showing how she uses her words wisely. When I first read this, I was thinking, ah, you know, she's just bluffing. She's trying to make David feel good about himself. But then I reread it and like, I feel like the Holy Spirit like kind of put another perspective in my heart. Because at first I was just reading it from my own, like whatever. But if you look at the way Abby Girl has been moving this whole time, you would tell that she's being genuine in the way that she's speaking to David. She's not just trying to like make him feel good about himself or tell him things that she wants to hear. I do genuinely believe that she was, you know, really being humble and really meaning it. So there's a verse in the Bible. It's Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. This is facts. Like, it's just 100% facts. I'm pretty sure you can look back in your own life, myself included, at times where, um, you know how people say kill them with kindness? Like, that's cool or whatever. But when someone is mad or angry or like yelling at you or just, you know, cursing you out and you respond literally being nice, no matter how hard they try and push that anger, like they just can't because they have nothing to nothing to base it off of. But when you get crazy with them and then they get crazy back and you get crazy back, it's just going to keep going. But when you're like, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry, they be feeling like, oh, I had so much more I wanted to say, but like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so I believe that's what Abby Girl was doing, like, you know, just speaking to him in kind words and truly taking the blame for something that she didn't even do, you know, but so, yeah. So then verse 26 goes, now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be cursed, be as cursed as Nabal is. So, you know, she just, you know, she shaded her husband again, but I'm sure she's tied to him because for the Bible to describe him as foolish, just imagine having to live with that kind of person like all day. Then verse 27 goes, and here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. So she knows how to give gifts. That's also very important. Verse 28 says, please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life, which 
I mean, we know what David goes on to do, but hey, who are we to judge? Um, but nah, but you know, also it just goes to show that she knows how to pe- she knows how to make people feel good about themselves and not in like a um a sarcastic way, but just in a way it's like, yo, she's basically telling David, like, you're better than this. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't stoop down to Nabel's level because he's a fool. You know, you don't wanna have this on your record because of someone as idiotic as him. Verse 29 is like, even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord, your God, secure in his treasure pouch. That is so sweet. But but the lives of your enemies will disappear like stone shots from a sling. You know, she's referencing. Well, I don't know if she's referencing, but hey, we just referenced David and Goliath. And then when the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. This part was big for me because it just goes to show how Abigail is wise enough to think of the future, how to think of how the actions that we make today, how they affect our future. You know, she's basically telling him, like I said before, like, you're going to be a king. You don't need this kind of, you know, record, basically. It's kind of like a criminal record. So it's like, don't don't waste your time on this kind of situation. You don't want this kind of um, thing to haunt you because the things that we do now, they always come out in the future, whether good or bad. And that's basically what she's telling him. And that just makes me remember like, yo, every move you make, everything you do, think about it because one day it's going to affect you. Either it will come out, you know, when, you know, if you make it in life or your kids may see it. And, you know, you just want to think closely about the things that you're doing in your life. Then verse 32 says, David replied to Abigail, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to meet me today. Here he go. He's, he's cold again, hot and cold, hot and cold. Thank you for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance with my own hands. For I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you not that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would still be alive tomorrow morning. Like you. Then David accepted her present and told her, "Return home in peace. I have heard what you said. We will not kill your husband." Yo, like, and the thing about it is, like, David wouldn't just have killed Nabal. It would have been like all the men on the camp. You know, so that's why it's so significant that she didn't just save her husband, which, you know, as the story goes on, we'll get more into it. But she saved, a, a, you know, a couple other people's lives. We don't know how many men there are, but it wouldn't have just been one person. So she sacrificed herself because she could have pulled up on David and David would be like, yo, off with her, like, get out of here, you know, and he could have killed her right there and then. But she, she was still willing to make that risk and to take that step. Then it goes on verse 36. When Abigail arrived home, she found that Nabal was throwing a big party and was celebrating like a king. Of course, he's a clown. Like, we already know this. He was very drunk, so she didn't tell him anything about her meeting with David until the next day. So this is also a very uh, important part because it goes to show that Abigail is aware of her surroundings and she's able to read situations. And why this is so important, and actually I'm going to keep reading and then I'll come back. It goes in the 
In the morning when Nabal was sober, his wife told him what had happened. As a result, he had a stroke and he lay paralyzed on his bed like a stone. About 10 days later, the Lord struck him and he died. So the reason why it was important that Abigail didn't tell him when she came home, because he was drunk that night. So he probably wouldn't even have remembered what she said, or he probably wouldn't even have been paying attention. But he needed to be completely sober to understand the severity of what was going to happen. That's why he had a stroke. If not, he never would have had a stroke. And who knows if he would have died right there, you know, but 10 days later, he was gone. Then this is like, it's not really relevant, but I'm just reading anyway. When David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, praise the Lord who has avenged the insult I received from Nabal and has kept me from doing it myself. Well, I guess that's a good part to know, but, but yeah, Nabal has received the punishment for his sin. Then David sent messages to Abigail to ask her to become his wife. Mm. When the messengers arrived at Carmel, they told Abigail, David has sent us to take you back to marry him. She bowed low to the ground, of course, again, being humble, and responded, I, your servant, would be happy to marry David. I would even be willing to become a slave, washing the feet of his servants. Okay, let's not get carried away. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got to... God has to work on me. Quickly getting ready, she took along five of her servant girls as attendants, mounted her donkey, and went with David and went with David's messengers. And so she became his wife. Um, yeah, I mean, so that's the happy ending, right? They went on to have one child together. The Bible says his name is um, what is this man's name? Well, it translates to Daniel, not not Daniel on the lion's head, and another Daniel, but um. That's the only time the Bible really mentions him. But, you know, overall, you can read that story and interpret it in different ways or maybe gain different insight from it than I have. But for me, those are just the things that really stuck out. And as a woman, um, I do believe that we do have the power to diffuse situations. And then we also have the power to uh, fuel situations. And that's actually one of the Another woman that I've done named Jezebel, um, you know, she's an example of what not to be, like I had said before. But I do believe that we do have a lot of strength and the way we speak and the way we carry ourselves can actually um, affect the way the outcome of situations. And it's really taught me a lot because just recently I um, I was in a specific situation with a person and before I called the person I told myself I was like yo don't call now because the way you're going to speak to them is not going to be um it's not going to bear any fruit but I was just so heated that I called anyway and we ended up getting into an argument which I already knew was going to happen but if I would have just waited right and read the situation properly if I and I just all I needed to do was wait maybe just like 45 to 45 minutes to an hour. I would have been good and we would have been able to talk. Fortunately, we were able to work through the argument, but it was unnecessary. It was like a lot of unnecessary back and forth in the beginning that could have been avoided if I would have taken the necessary steps as a woman to know how my behavior can affect a situation. So, you know, I'm still learning myself and learning more about these women and, you know, really just studying them. Because like I said, I've known them, but I never really took the time to actually study them has really helped me. And I believe hopefully it will help y'all because I kind of was, I was chatting today, but 
I don't know. I mean, I really just hope it will help you. And obviously, you can take some time out, um, go back and read it yourself a couple of times, maybe read it in a different translation. I, I just read it in the NLT version. But of course, you know, you got the messenger version, the message version, my bad, or the easy translation. Um, those are like really good. Those are the ones I go back and forth with. So but yeah, so like I said, how about you DM me or just let me know if you're interested in learning more about the other women that I've done. And um, if not, then hey, if I still feel like I want to post, I'm going to post it. What you going to do about it? I'm just kidding, y'all. But yeah, so that's all I have for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely feel free to send me a DM. Shout out to everyone that has been liking, sharing and subscribing. <laughs> I uh, definitely appreciate y'all. Please be sure to follow Confessions of a Christian Shake on Instagram or send an email to confessionsofachristianshake at gmail.com. And I will talk to y'all later. Bye.